When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal. Sometimes it's the abnormal. Sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to the program. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, the squeakiest chair in broadcasting. We have to do something about this chair, Slick. I know. It's just uh, not only does it squeak every time I move, but it's also uh, dropping on me. So I sit and and I don't know if this is a, a, a commentary on the fact that I've been eating too much pizza, but I sit in this chair and I shrink like four inches over the course of 15 minutes and I have to reset it. So we need a new chair in the studio and I also need some help. Yeah, WD-40 is not going to help it, uh, thanks uh, to our chat room. It's not that kind of squeaking. I feel like the chair is about to fall apart. You need a good broadcast chair when you're doing a show. It can't be squeaky. It's got to be solid, and it can't shrink on you as you're sitting here because then the microphone's out of place, and you feel short and whatever. You can't hear the squeaking. If I was to move them around a lot, you would. But I've learned over the years to hold very still when I'm talking. Anyway, welcome to the program. We are going to be talking to um, Mama Star Cassis tonight. Mama Star Cassis is a conjure woman, and she's the author of a book called Divination Conjure Style. She explores reading cards, throwing bones, and other forms of household fortune telling. That's going to be our conversation tonight, and I'm excited about this. I think we've had Mama Star on before. If I check that out, Slick, I think we have. Um, but I need some help before we get to that point. I have a uh, fairly good understanding of social media. I mean, I use Facebook a lot to to discuss things on the show and other projects I have going on. But I keep scrolling through my Facebook pages, my my timeline, and I see this thing popping up all the time of a lady like in tears screaming and a cat. Does anybody know what this thing is? And it always has different captions. <laughs> I'm sure everybody else in the world knows what all of that means or where it comes from. But I don't. I need someone. I need someone to explain it to me because if 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 I scroll through my timeline, it must come up fifty times, and I don't know what it means. And the the captions are always different, and uh, I, I have no idea, no idea what that meme is. But someone's got to straighten me out here. If you can do it, do it in chat. That would be awesome. If you want to call into the program at eight four four six eight seven. Seven six six nine. I would uh, I would take the explanation that way as well because I, I mean I thought I was up on this stuff, but I have no idea what that means. Um, looking at what we've got coming up on the program, we've got some really cool stuff. Now, most of you realize that uh, November twenty second is the anniversary of the John F. Kennedy assassination. It'll be fifty fifty six years, right? Is my math correct? Fifty six years. Uh, this year on November 22nd since the JFK assassination. And we all know that as far as conspiracies go, 
the JFK assassination is the granddaddy of all all conspiracies. I was going to add theories to that, but I I'm not even sure it's appropriate to add theory to that. However, uh, because of the anniversary of the assassination, and it falls on Friday, which, of course, we have a best of show on Friday, Friday night. So uh, we're going to sandwich that show with uh, our Thursday live show and, of course, our Monday live show with some JFK content. And the thing that's interesting about this, we frequently have people on this program and others that talk about the conspiracy theories. And there are plenty of different theories. There is plenty of discussion, and most people seem to agree that it could not have been Lee Harvey Oswald by himself, that he was, as he claimed, a patsy. And he may have held a rifle in his hand, depending on which theory you subscribe to, uh, but he certainly didn't act alone. Now, our guest Thursday night, so that'll be tomorrow, this is tomorrow night's program now, is Fred Litwin. He's the author of a book called I Was a Teenage JFK Conspiracy Freak. And he now believes, after years of research and discussion, he now believes that Lee Harvey Oswald was, in fact, the lone assassin. We don't have many people on the program that defend that point of view anymore. Uh, But I'm very anxious to hear Fred do that. So again, Fred Litwin will be with us tomorrow night, author of the book, I Was a Teenage JFK Conspiracy Freak. But he now believes that Lee Harvey Oswald was, in fact, the lone assassin. And then Monday night's program, we're going to have two guests. In the first hour, we will continue to discuss the JFK assassination. And James Douglas will be with us. He is an author and a theologian. And he says that JFK was killed for trying to make peace during the Cold War. That's a that's a theory that's been discussed at some length. Whether um, it's a Cuban connection or it's a Soviet connection, uh, the Cold War was obviously very, very hot at the time. We had the Cuban Missile Crisis under JFK's administration uh, and a lot of other uh, flashpoints that uh, had people's ha- fingers on the trigger of possible nuclear war. So James Douglas believes that JFK was killed for trying to make peace during the Cold War. So we'll talk to him in the first hour of Monday night's program. And then in the second hour, Brian Keating will be here. He is an astrophysicist. He's author of the book, Losing the Nobel Prize. He'll discuss this year's winners and their discoveries. Why are they important? And they always are, right? You win a Nobel Prize, it's because you've done something pretty fantastic. So Brian Keating will discuss that. And then Tuesday night's program, paranormal expert Rob Shelsky will be back on the program. This time he'll be talking about cases of time travel intrusion. You've seen those things on Facebook, too, right? You know, the picture from you know 1912 that has uh, somebody in the background using an iPhone, those types of things. Uh, I think that's what we'll be talking about with Rob Shelsky on Tuesday night's program. Uh, but tonight, it's all about conjure, and it's about hoodoo, and it's about root work. It's about magic and spells with Star Cassis tonight. The web uh, the website is Beyond Reality Radio, and be sure to visit us on YouTube. We stream live there. There is a very active chat room on the YouTube stream during the live show. Plus, we have a bunch of bonus content, including about 400 back episodes of the program. We want you to subscribe. Please go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. When you find it, subscribe, click the notification icon, and you'll be part of the group. That's what we want you to do. The phone number for calling in later in the show is 844-687-7669. A lot of great stuff ahead. It's Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be right back. 
Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a shark and save. Our guest is a returning guest, Star Cassis. Mama Star Cassis, in fact, is the author of a book called Divination Conjure Style, in which she explores reading cards, throwing bones, and other forms of household fortune telling. You can find out more information about her work at her website, oldstyleconjure.com. And there are other books to her credit. Star, welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me back. It was about two years ago, right? You were with us? Yes, when my first book with Wiser came out. Which one was that? Which was the first one? It was the Old Style Conjure book. Yeah, right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, welcome back. It's it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, it's always good to start off these conversations by making sure that everybody under, understands what, in fact, we're talking about. So let's start out with that. What is Conjure? Really, basically, Conjure is a folk magic, but Conjure work. Uh, was born out of slavery. Um, it, it comes from Africa, um, and when the elders were kidnapped and brought over here, that was their way of keeping their self-protected, uh, keeping their children safe, treating them with illnesses, uh, because, you know, they were not allowed to have doctors. Right. So there was always an elder uh that did what I call work, uh, you know, and took care of the community. And so that's truly what it is. You know, a long time ago, before the Internet, a lot of folks would say that it was wives' tales. Well, these wives' tales really work, you know, and they help you within your family and um, to take care of yourself. This has been practiced here uh, since the the slaves were brought here and brought it with them. And has it has it reached out beyond um, you know maybe some of those what we would consider to be more isolated groups and become a little bit more mainstream? Do you think? Yes, sir. The internet has done that. Like when I first started, I'm 65. When I first started working for the public, I was barely turned 25. So it was word of mouth only. Um, I never advertised, but the internet has changed all of that because the information um, is right there at the keyboard. You know, if you know the keywords to to click in, you can find anything out. And so it's kind of like opened it up, but by doing so, it's changed the flow of the work. Um, It's kind of maneuvered things around to suit folks, so to say. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not not really sure I do understand. Um, It's more accessible. Uh, People can find the information rather easily if they know how to search for it. Um, But what do you mean it's it's changed? Well, people tend to change things and make it where they can understand it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the ancestors is a real, for instance, the ancestors is a real big part 
of conjure work. Um, that's how my mama raised us. You know, you you honor your dead. You never forget them, and they're always there for you to uplift you and help you to do better than they did, right? Right. But a lot of folks now, because it's been out so long on the Internet, folks get it. But in the beginning, I don't think that folks really understood how important the ancestors were. So they were kind of like taken out of the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, You mentioned a bunch of things that as the slaves came here, the the uses they had for this particular work. uh, are Are they the same uses that you would actually employ today for people, or has it changed there as well? For me, not necessarily. I'm kind of just a conjure, a worker, a root woman, and I've kept my works as old-fashioned as possible. But like when times change, things change, products change, things are disconnect, uh, discontinued. So you have to go with uh, modern times. But I try to keep my work personally, uh, the way my elders taught me and the things that I saw my mama do growing up. So what type of common um, help would a client look for when they contact you? Just give us an example or two of the type of things that are pretty common uh, that folks are looking for you to help them with. Common for me is uh, issues with jobs, uh, finding work, uh, keeping a job. And within uh, root work, this is called steady work. And another one for me is uh, cleansings. Like um, let's say someone could not find a job or their money was flowing through their hands as fast as they got it. Then if I do a reading for them and cleansing comes up, then I'll give them a recipe, something that they can do at home because this work is all about what you have in your house, what you have in your home. Uh, because the ancestors couldn't go shopping. They couldn't leave the plantation. So they had to work with what they had at home. So those are my two of my main things um, that I... I'm pretty good at. And that's, I'm, I'm not the best. I'm sure there's always going to be somebody better. But those are two skills that I'm pretty good at. And that's an important point you just made here. We've got a, just a, a minute and a half before we have to go to break. But you you talked about the um, things you need to actually do this kind of work are available to you fairly readily in your home already in many, many cases. And that's an important part of this, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, And that goes along with back in the day, again, the days of slavery, uh, the ancestors were limited with the things that they could work with. And here's a for instance, like when I was growing up, um, if one of us got ill or something, my mother would mix lard and sulfur. And it sounds gross, but between lard, sulfur, and ash, from a piece of wood that she burned and prayed over, it would really help us. 
you know, and as children, if we got bad colds, that got rubbed on your feet. I was going to ask you if you ingested it or if it was no. applied or how it was used. No, she would rub it on us either directly on us or put it uh, between cheesecloth. Let's say we had a bad cough, and she would take uh, Vicks. Jesus, I can't stand Vicks. But <laughs> Vicks was her big thing, you know, and she would make like a poultice and put that on our backs, and we'd have to sleep with it on us in order to break up the congestion and stuff. Wow. Um, do, are many of these practices still practiced, uh, I'm assuming, in Africa, where the slaves were brought from? I think that, they, there, yes, there are natural healers over there, um, and uh, they treat their people. I don't think that that's changed. It hasn't really changed over here. You just don't hear about it. But as the older folks are passing on, the information is being lost. That's why I've wrote so many books. It's important for me that this information live on, that the ancestors live on through knowledge. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. You'll find it very, very easily. We live stream the show there. And we also have an archive of about 400 back episodes plus some special content. Subscribe, it's free. Our guest tonight, Star Cassis, is a conjure woman. We're talking about her book, Divination Conjure Style. Star, I know this uh, this particular type of work goes back in your family. How far back does it go for you? Um, as far as I know, my mother and my grandfather. I don't know uh, further, probably further back. But that's how far I can truly, honestly say that I know for sure, my mother and my grandfather. You said that, um, you know, you remember some certain things as a child, like uh, what your mother would do if you had a cold or a cough or something along those lines. Did you recognize that as conjure at the time, or how did you look at it? No. Uh, We just, and, and, you know, me and my little brother often talk about this. It was just the way our mama was. Sometimes we thought she was really weird, you know, and our friends thought she was strange. Their parents thought she was strange, and she just kind of stayed to herself. But she always, she didn't tr- really trust doctors, so she always treated us. You know, and I never asked, well, Mama, how do you know that? Well, you didn't ask her, you know. Yeah. You were sick, she took care of you. Right. That's just, that's just how we grew up. Do you mind me asking, did your mother live through the Depression? She did. Yeah. You know, my grandparents, same way, and they d- had an awful distrust of doctors. Where did that distrust come from? Do we know? I don't I don't really know. I, I think that it's, it, with country folks, I think it's a natural thing, you know, uh, that they, because most of them could not afford to pay a doctor. Right. There were six of us, and so I'm sure that money had a little bit to do with it. But my mother, I remember very few times that we went to the doctor. Yeah, and I, you know, I I was uh, a child in the seventies, and it really was the same way back then. I mean, I think about it now, and uh, people seem to be on uh, antibiotics and other prescription medications all the time, everywhere. And when I was a kid, if we had an antibiotic, it was a very, very rare, rare occasion. Um, so things have changed significantly. Let's talk about some words that I've seen floating around in, in, in your book, in the description of what you do. Things like hoodoo, root work, 
and conjure. What are the differences between those things, or are they all the same? For me, they're all the same. For me, they're all the same. The word hoodoo uh, didn't really come into my notice until I, as, as meaning work until I got online. When I was growing up, hoodoo was who do you, who put the roots on you. It was a question um, as far as I knew. But then when the Internet came along, hoodoo got out there, and it's, it basically is for me personally the same thing as root work and conjure. They're all the same work as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. Do they all use the same materials and basically have the same practices? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, you know, and then we go back again to uh, the time of slavery when the ancestors were brought over here. All they had, it's not like they had a suitcase of stuff that they could bring with right, them. Right. They were stuffed in ships like sardines. So That's right. when they got here, I'm pretty sure they had to figure the land out, and they figured out what roots and herbs do what, you know, like mint is really good for a cold. Uh, bay leaves is good for protection. They had to figure all this stuff out, and so that's what they worked with in their daily life. And through before the Internet, this was passed down by word of mouth. Yeah, you know, they, there's very little old-timey writings about this. Yeah, well, most most of them were illiterate, and they certainly didn't have the opportunity to go to school and learn. Some were self-taught to how to read and write, but that was very rare as well. So it had to be passed down orally. Um, is all of this, whether it's conjure, whether it's root work, whether it's hoodoo, is it all considered magic? I think that most folks consider it folk magic okay that's what i i don't i don't consider what i do i'm a christian so Mm -hmm. i don't do spell work okay i do do prayers and i do work with the old testament and it does work but i don't consider what i do as doing spells i don't so you don't see it to be in conflict with uh christian teachings or religious teachings at all then no sir I don't because I work with the Old Testament. So if the Old Testament is a lie, then the whole thing is a lie. So, no, I personally don't. I mean, I've had some Christians um, tell me, you know, that I'm sinning. But if I'm sinning, then what does that say about the Old Testament? You know? Yeah. So uh, what do you... I mean, I'm assuming that some people consider it to be kind of a a witchcraft uh, discipline. Uh, What do you say to people who who think that? Um, They're entitled to their opinions. I simply, like I said, follow the Old Testament, and I don't feel, I'm not a witch. I don't feel, I don't do incantations and all of that. I do burn candles and oil lamps. I do say prayers. I probably pray more than most preachers do. Um, and I do work with the Old Testament. The only Psalms, a lot of conjure people work with the Psalms. The only Psalms that I really work with is Psalms 23, and everybody knows Psalms 23. 
Right. Um, if it's not incantation magic, if it's not spell casting, mm-hmm. where does the power come from that actually uh, makes what you do effective? I would say that it comes from my ancestors, a big part of it. I truly believe in ancestor veneration, and that's what I was taught. You know, you don't worship your ancestors, but you do honor them. And as you honor them, they honor you and help you through your life. comes with the spirits that walk with me. We all have spirits that we're born with that walk with us. Some people call them guardian angels. Uh, some folks call them other things. And then, of course, we have God. So there's a divine and a spiritual energy that uh, somehow, by what you do, infuses itself into a process which can um, affect the outcome that you're looking to get. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is this something that people need some kind of natural gift to be able to do, or can anybody learn how to do this? Oh, that's a, that is a topic that has caused a lot of uh, arguments, but for me, and I'm simply speaking for me, I think that anybody can do the work because we all have ancestors. We all have spirits that walk with us from the time we are conceived, and we all have some type of God that we believe in. And so if you have that power within your hands, then I think that you can do the work, and you have to have faith. When I start something, I immediately know it's going to be a success. I don't doubt it. I do my work. A doubt never comes in my mind. Most of the time I have success. Sometimes I have to repeat some things. Um, It might not have been the right type of work, you know, and I have to do something different. But um, I think that anybody anybody can pray, anybody can ask for help, and I think that it's out there. You just got to ask for it. Can you give us an example of, and I know, you know, your work is confidential with the people you work with, but mm-hmm. in a generic, in a general sense, uh, something that somebody needed help with and how you helped them and what the outcome was. Okay, so before I tell that, I want to say this. Okay. When, when I was a young worker, um, like in my teens, because I, w- I was taught to heal first, uh, with eggs and candles because my oldest son, who is 48, uh, was very sick as a baby. And so uh, my, my elder taught me how to, how to cleanse, and he told me, and it's always stuck with me, that if you have issues in your life, whether it's your marriage, your job, your children, whatever is going on, if you don't cleanse all of that away, and you do the work to make it get better, it's just going to go back because you haven't really cleared away the issue that caused the problem to start with. So when folks come to me and they have, like, some serious issues going on, the very first thing that I have them do, I'll lay the cards out, make sure I'm on the right track or throw the bones or open the Bible and see what I see first. But usually the very first thing that comes up is that they need to have a cleansing. And it's something that you can do at home. Salt, baking soda, and Epsom salt. 
That's old timey. That's as old as you can get. And I always prescribe that recipe, four tablespoons of each of those ingredients in a bath, and the Isaiah 41, because Isaiah 41 is kind of like God's promise that whatever is in the way will be moved out of the way and that protection is naturally given to you. And it really works. It truly, honestly, really works. I don't know how. I, I don't know. I just know that it does work. And then things start, you know, to change. And then I will guide them on things that they can do to either find a job or draw prosperity into their home or whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. So if someone comes to you and says, and you've referenced work a lot or career problems quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, That's says, mostly what I deal with. I deal with a lot of that, I and I'm ima- pretty good at it. Yeah, I, you would, know? I would imagine there's probably a, a, a lot of love life work as well, no? There is, but I don't truly. Sometimes I will, like if it's a family, a husband and wife and kids, I will help with that, you know. Um, but it, that definitely always comes back. If you're having issues within your marriage, then you need some time of spiritual cleansing to move the issues out so you can build that bond back. Tonight we're talking with Star Cassis, who is a conjure woman and the author of a book called Divination Conjure Style. And the book, Star, it helps people understand what this is all about, and it guides them uh, into being able to do some of this themselves, doesn't it? Yes, sir. I tried to write it in a way where folks can read my words and and can learn how to gaze into the blue water or throw the bones or read playing cards or work with a pendulum um it was it, my mother did not read cards but she did have the blue water and the blue water serves as a couple of different things one for protection um Water draws spirit. Blue is very protective, but also you can look in into that water and see things. Like folks can look into a crystal ball and and see. Um, and I keep it on my reading table um, when I'm doing readings. And it kind of reminds me of my mother, so I always feel like you know she's there also, uh, helping me to listen and understand whatever the cards or the bones are telling me so I can help whoever, you know, I'm on the phone with or whoever's sitting in front of me. We have a short segment here, uh, just a few minutes, but I want to talk about the cards for a second because uh, most people think you need tarot cards to be able to do any of this work, but you use just regular playing cards, right? Yes, sir. Me and the tarot cards have kind of an issue going on. I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to learn the tarot cards. But I was taught to read with regular playing cards, and that's what I write about in the book, is the regular playing cards. What's the difference? I mean, obviously, uh, they're a different kind of card, but in effect, what's the difference between the cards? I mean, we know what a regular playing deck is. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the two? Does the energy come from the same place when you're reading them? Uh, Well, once again, uh, I read through my ancestors. Like, whenever I get a new deck of cards, I will put it on my ancestor altar, and I leave it there, and I petition them and ask them to um, 
to feel it with their power where I can understand what I'm supposed to be seeing when I'm doing readings. Um, I also uh, pray before I ever lay cards out for anybody and uh, petition my ancestors, the spirits that walk with me, and, of course, God, that I see what I need to see once again to help folks with. Um, I've just, I learned how to read playing cards when I was 16 from my cousin's aunt. She wasn't my aunt. She was my cousin's aunt. And uh, me and my cousin learned. My cousin didn't stick with it, but I've just always been able to, to read them. I think out of all the divination that I work with, throwing the bones is probably uh, my strongest. Uh, whenever it comes to petitioning my ancestors mm-hmm. to give me information. Uh, and we'll get into that on the other side of the break. Uh, before we go to break, however, you have a website that has a lot of information on there. When people go, where's the best place for them to start to figure out what types of services and uh, other products uh, that they might be interested in? When you go to my website, com. Uh, the very first page at the at the top gives links of uh, I give a lot of root work information on there for folks that want to you know try to do the work themselves and then the store which is right below that shows everything that I offer it shows all my books um, the products that I make the visual services that I offer um, and it's pretty a uh, pretty easy layout, uh, simple. Whenever I first put the website up, I needed something simple for myself. And so I, because I built my own website, so I've kept it simple like that. Easy, straight to the point. That's how I, you know, I don't want a lot of confusion. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Uh, Star, how did you get the nickname Mama? Mama Star Cassis? Um, people gave it to me. My house was always the house where all the kids came, and they just call me mama. My kids call me mama, and then, I don't know, helping the community, it, it's just a name that was given to me that stuck. Could it be that because you cared for and nurtured for a lot of people? Was that part of it? I'm pretty sure that's a big part of it, and still do. You know, the kids that came here when they were young kids still come here and bring their kids. So it's... It's just who I am. I don't. I don't know. You know, it's not a name I picked for myself. Right. Let's talk about roots and uh, and root work. How does this all play in, into this? And we've talked about what you do with uh, with reading cards. We haven't gotten to throwing bones yet, but we will. But let's talk talk about root work. What is that all about? Okay, so roots and herbs have a power within themselves. They're a living plant. So, therefore, anything that's living has uh, power within it. So, um, let's say, we'll talk about lavender. Lavender is a plant. Um, It's easy to grow. It smells fabulous. But not only does lavender smell good, like it is one of the ingredients in my peaceful home uh, sprays and washes, like when there's a lot of arguments in the house. My mama used to always say that you have to keep the corners of a room clean 
because that's where all the arguments and all the disturbances go, the, the energy from it and anger go and hide. So we wash our walls, or I wash my walls twice a year um, and clean the corners real good. Lavender is one of the things that I mix to make the wash. Lavender for peace, bay leaves for protection, and and, uh, baking soda or Epsom salts for its cleansing properties. And, And so I'll make a wash and clean my walls, my doors, and everything real good. So each root and herb has its own job. Lavender is also good for headaches, so it's a good healing um, herb, and it relaxes you. If you're, and it's real good for stress. And you simply put a little bit of lavender essential oil on the back of your neck and the maybe the top of your head if you have a headache. For stress, you can just smell it. And it, it relaxes you. It almost feels like a drug, but it's not. It's just the smell of that plant. Rosemary is another good, strong herb. And like the old song, what, where rosemary goes, love grows, or something like that, because rosemary really is to draw love into your home. And it's also a part of a peaceful home. Bay leaves protect. Uh, Lemons are real good for drawing things off of folks. I keep a small bowl. Sorry, my accent gets in the way. (laughs) A small bowl of salt with a half a lemon behind each one of my doors. And so it's believed that the salt and the lemon, when folks come through the door, you know, if they have any issues within themselves, they don't bring it into your home. A broom hanging behind the door works the same. It kind of like sweeps it. This is old stuff that I just, I grew up with it. You know, it's normal for me. It may seem strange for other folks, but this is all normal for me. Do you equate that for somebody who may not be familiar with conjure and what you're talking about specifically? Is Mm -hmm. it much different than, say, somebody hanging a horseshoe above a door? No, actually, we do horseshoes, too. We believe that horseshoes are very protective and that they can draw prosperity and luck into the house. I know you kind of told us already, but how long have you been doing this for other people? For other people since I was 25 years old. Have you ever encountered um, a situation where somebody has come in, they've got some type of, I don't know, I'll use the word curse, maybe hex, Mm. on them uh, that was placed by someone else who practices the same type, you know, conjure as well, uh, and and been either afraid of of what you found or have had uh, a difficulty removing it? There has been a, there's been a couple of times where that instance has come up. I haven't been afraid, but sometimes folks will get things on them, and one was not necessarily something that someone had put on them. It was something that they did to themselves. Sometimes folks think that they are skilled, and you, you do need some a little skill 
skill and knowledge in order to do this work so you don't get yourself in trouble. Because not all of this work is all sweet and and lovable, you know, and folks do throw curses. They do. Uh, I call them cross conditions. But one time I had someone come to me, and so they had a, a, a few different things going on. So I gave them the recipe. I prefer for my clients to try to help themselves. I don't want to do everything for them, but not only that, they're learning how to take care of themselves, which means they don't have to call me every time something goes on because they can do some cleansing baths and take care of it. But in this one instance, the cleansing baths did not work the way that I wanted them to work. And so I had to do a hands-on cleansing, and I did the same way I was taught when I was 17 and my, my baby boy was sick. Uh, and so it, it made me a little nervous because candle busted. So there was more going on with this person uh, than just your typical somebody threw some roots on me, you know. They had went to the graveyard, and in my line of work, the graveyard is nowhere to play. Um, it's a very serious and they picked something up. And so it took a little bit to get them cleaned up. So, yeah, it's, I, I get nervous sometimes. Are there people that practice conjure that are in, intentionally doing things, putting curses and hexes on others? Oh, of course there is. Of course there is. I don't do it. But, yes, there are people that feel like, you know, if you make them mad or you upset them or, or something that they have a uh, to just do whatever they want to do. And to me, that is an experience because an experienced worker would know that you're responsible. And I say this over and over in my books because I give some hard works in some of my books. But if the work's not out there, that doesn't, just because you know how to do something doesn't mean you got to do it. And you're responsible for every action that you do. And you know, folks think that root work or conjure, is just, you can just run willy-nilly and you don't have to answer to anybody. We all have to answer to somebody. And if you do a work on someone and if they're smart enough or they know enough or they go to someone like me and we see that someone's put the roots on them, then I'm automatically going to tell them to do some reversal work. And what the reversal work does, it's not you're not throwing back at nobody. You're simply sending the energy back where it came from. And usually, it's a lot worse than what they sent. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say. I know having this conversation with folks who practice witchcraft, they say mm-hmm. that if you put a a curse on somebody and it comes back, it'll come back to you threefold. I, I believe that. I believe it comes back. Uh, worse than what it was when you sent it out. I do believe that. Because if it's unjustified, then that means that you didn't have a reason to uh, to do this to this person. You know, I'm not, I'm not loving light by any means. And I have done some hard works, but it was justified works. It was the works that I did readings on. 
And yes, if if my cards are my bones, if someone comes to me and they want me to do something and I lay the cards out and they say no, and I check the bones out and they say no, Starcastus is not doing it. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm not going to be responsible for that. How does somebody know if they might have a curse on them? Usually there's symptoms, but sometimes folks think just because they have a little bad luck that somebody has put some work on them. That's not necessarily true. I think everybody in our lives, we have bad luck sometimes. But if it starts multiplying, the car breaks, the refrigerator breaks, um, nothing works in the house and money's just flowing out the door nonstop, I would say that you might want to do some strong cleansing work. Could it be a, a, a cross condition? It could be. Could it just be uh, something going on within your life? It could be. You never know until you read, lay the cards out, do a reading, and see what is going on. If someone suspects that they have something like that happening, and you say uh, first thing they need to do is a cleansing, and I know you've described uh, a couple of different options there, but what's the what's the way they should cleanse the first time out? Um, I think that the basic, simplest cleansing, but it's a powerful cleansing is four tablespoons of table salt, four tablespoons of baking soda, and four tablespoons of Epsom salts. And you dissolve it in a pot of of hot water so the salts and stuff will dissolve, and then you put it in the bath and you get in there with it. Light your small white candle, spirits drawn to the flame, um, per the Isaiah 41 and then the Psalms 23. And I would do at least three of those. Do that three times? Yeah, three times a day. Like one a day for three days. One a day for three days. And how long should they remain in the bath? Um, they will know when they want to get out. They can okay. either pray before they get in, while they're in there, or after they get out. Um, but they'll know, you know, and not only should they pray those prayers out of the Bible, but they should also add their prayer to it and ask that whatever is there, whatever issues they're having, that they be removed. Don't forget, tomorrow night, great show coming up as we get ready to observe the 56th anniversary of the JFK assassination. That's Friday, November 22nd. And uh, we've got Fred Litwin joining us tomorrow night to talk about this particular event. And most of the time, when we have people on the show talking about the JFK assassination, we talk about the conspiracy theories surrounding it. In this case, Fred, who is the author of a book called I Was a Teenage JFK Conspiracy Freak, said he now believes, or says he now believes, that Lee Harvey Oswald was, in fact, the lone assassin. It's going to be an interesting conversation. That's tomorrow night's program right here on Beyond Reality Radio. Tonight we're talking about Conjure with Star Cassis. Star is uh, author of a book called Divination Conjure Style. How long has the book been out, Star? It just came out November 1st. Oh, terrific. So it's it's brand new. It's fresh. Where can people get it? Um, you can get it all over the place, in any bookstore, on Amazon, um, on my website. I just have to load it up. You can get it from Wiser. Um, I think it's all over the place right now. We were talking about bones earlier. That seems to be an important part of this for you and the work that you do. How does that work? Uh, and when we talk about bones, we're talking about... Uh, animal bones, what do you actually use? Animal bones. 
I use possum bones. Uh, back in the old days, uh, possum bones were the thing, uh, or chicken bones. And within, the, it's not just bones. Um, I have a couple of different things uh, in my bone set uh, that have been given to me by people. My grandchildren give me things. I'm friends. And if I feel drawn to add them to my bones, I will. I was taught that you should not have more bones than you can hold in both of your hands together. Um, and I, the, there is an African type of bone reading called a sim, Syngoma style, and they use a bunch of bones and a bow. I wasn't taught that style. Um, so within my bone set, I have possum bones, I have a key, I have a shell that my grandson uh, found at the beach when he was probably five, six years old. Um, and so I put it in my in my bone set. Uh, it's just different things. And so when you, you can have objects in there that mean things to you um, and have a certain meaning, but the way I was taught is whatever that object is, if it's an animal part, then you look at that animal that that bone came from. How does the animal act? Uh, what does it do? And then it, it's, it's a lot of, with the bones, it's not the same thing as cards because you, you can't memorize them. You follow spirit, and spirit speaks, and that's how you read um, the bones. And it, when you when you throw them, you actually kind of throw them out on the table or whatever whatever it happens to be. Is it how they land in relationship to each other that gives you the message? Yes, and you would be surprised at how they can fall. Um, and they they lit, I was taught to read in sections, so wherever my eyes fall first, that's where I'll start at. And mm. they truly do tell a story. Folks are amazing. Sometimes it amazes me um, that I can get so much information out of the throw and the way they land. Right. Let's um, let's go to our listener line. This is Sam from Ontario, California. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the program. Actually, it's not California. It's actually Ontario, Canada. Oh, you know what's you know what's <laughs> funny about that? You know what's very very funny about that? I was going to tell a story that uh, when I first got out of college and I got my first sales job and I was traveling around the country, I had to fly to San Francisco or something. I'm not sure somewhere in California. And I got on the plane. Of course, I didn't pay attention to where the first you know it was a layover, and I didn't pay attention to what it was. And when I was en route, it said um, I looked and it said Ontario, CA, and I thought, oh my God, I got onto the wrong plane. I'm going to Canada. <laughs> and I was going to tell you that story, but you are actually in oh, Canada. that's a great story. That's, that, yeah, that's like, uh, I could tell a, a very interesting story but for another time. Well, welcome to the I'm, program. What's I'm, actually a I'm, I'm a full-time practicing shaman, and um, I'm listening to the wonderful guests you have and uh, blessings of the Almighty uh, to upon her and all her family. She's uh, She definitely knows what she's talking about. And the thing is, I'd like to say is tarot cards originated from plain cards. Tarot cards weren't before cards. Plain cards were the original tarot card. And most mediums use the actual card as a way for most people to actually understand the principle of channeling. 
Now, mm. my question is to the lady, is, does she actually find that her practice emulates that of the Louisiana uh, voodoo uh, rather than the Haitian voodoo? And my other question was, um, does she actually find that um, her practice is very similar to a lot of um, shamanism in the way of which you do things and they come back, actions, reactions, etc. Great question, Star. I don't know a lot about shamanism, um, but what I do know, it seems like it is similar practices. Um, mm-hmm. Voodoo is a religion, and yeah. what I do is simply the working part of that religion. Not every voodoo asan uh, practices conjure, and not every conjure worker is a voodoo asan. So it's right. because voodoo is a religion, either Haitian voodoo or Louisiana voodoo. Um, I'm neither one of those. My mother came from a small town in South Carolina and probably didn't even know what voodoo was. Right. She probably right. didn't know. I do know that what I do is similar, um, but you have to understand that 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 comes from Africa. It comes from Haiti. Right. Those were, uh, there was a lot of slaves there also, and so it is, voodoo is a religion. I'm, I simply do the work part of it because I'm not initiated in anything. Some folks will argue with me about that. They say that my ancestors initiated me and I'm, I don't have to be initiated, but. Well, maybe your, maybe your ancestors got channeled and maybe, <clears throat> maybe what uh, ancestry has come through is because one of your ancient relatives is actually a conduit of an antenna to do with that particular spirit of actually coming forward. Have you ever thought of that one? Oh, I think that that's correct. I, I truly believe that that uh, I'm gifted, and I think that it's because of my ancestors. It's not me. Mm-hmm. It's them, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's we're, how we're I antennas, I think. I think we're, we're actually antennas. And um, we actually use um, Haitian voodoo in the way of tools to do with soul retrieval as a shaman. That's uh, actually a, a very great technique. And uh, my dear, bless you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for the presenters and the show. It's absolutely fantastic. Thanks so thank much. You. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for sir. your thank you for your call, Sam. Yeah, that 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 reminded me that I thought I was on the wrong plane because it said Ontario, C A, which I thought at the time was I was thinking Canada, but <laughs> and oh he's actually goodness. calling from there. Um, I want to go back to uh, the the root discussion just a little bit, Star, because you talked about lavender and some of these other uh, mm-hmm. substances that have great powers, and I see a lot of popularity in things like essential oils, and lavender is one that comes up all the time. Are they the same thing? Yes. The essential oils come from the plants. Lavender is like, that's like one of the go-to herbs because it can do so much, you know, and it smells really good. Um, But it has a lot of properties. Like I have dogs. When they start cutting up, I will just add a few drops of lavender into 
a spray bottle with some water and just spray it around in the living room, and it, it truly settles them down, too. So it's the smell, the feel of the of the herb itself, I think, that uh, the spirit of it, for a better word, that helps. When, with all of this, we've talked about uh, you being able to help people and guide people. Uh, mm-hmm. What about things just like general predictions of the future, of, of things to come? Can you do that with this type of work? Uh some people do do that. I personally don't, but some people do uh, do general readings. And those general readings can maybe tell somebody what their future might hold. Yes. I see. And something else I saw on your website that was very curious to me was conjured dirt. Tell us what conjured dirt is. Okay, dirt. That's one of my favorite subjects and something that I work with all the time. So dirt hold the spirit of the place, correct? So let's say that you needed prosperity. If you could get some dirt from um, the four corners of where a bank sets because money goes in and out of there all the time. But let me say this. Just because a bank holds money does not always mean that it's a blessing. Because people deal with banks all the time. Sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's not. Folks literally can lose their homes and stuff to the bank, correct? So you have to really be careful. So if I take a little bit of dirt from the bank, I will go to somewhere, a place of power. For me, I feel like some churches are places of power because of all the prayers that go in there, right? Get a little bit of that. If you can't get the dirt, the little bank envelopes that you get when you cash your check or deposit or, or take money out or whatever, you can burn those to ash and you can work with that. And a trick you can do is to take any of that dirt, take the dirt from the four corners of your property, from the four corners of your house, mix all that dirt together. And you can literally burn a green candle in there with your petition. You put it in a bowl, set the candle in there, say your prayer and your petition, and that is a good time to say uh, the Psalms 23. And I was taught as a young worker when you pray the Psalms 23, when you come to the part where the, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I was taught to stress that because that's God's word that we should not want for anything. We have just a, yeah, I'm sorry, we have just a couple minutes left, and I wanted to ask about the, uh, uh, first of all, quickly, when we talk about conjure dirt, I thought I saw a warning about dirt from a graveyard. Yes. Dirt, the graveyard is nowhere to play, and it's very serious. And so if you, you can't just go running in there. And I work with my family's dirt. I won't get dirt from other people that I don't know. But if you need dirt from the graveyard, pay to get it real quick. I'm going to talk fast, y'all. Pay to get into the gate, walk in, say some prayers, ask and see if there's someone there that's willing to work with you. Follow your instincts. Go to that grave. Say prayers. You have to be respectful. Say your prayers if you feel like you can take a little dirt Take a little dirt, 
put some change there, go to the gate, drop some more change, and step out. You have to be very respectful. Just because folks are no longer in their bodies does not mean that their spirits are not roaming in the graveyard. Tell us quickly about the Conjure Academy. Is this a place that you offer instruction for people to learn how to do this? It is. It is. uh, And right now I'm on vacation, so to say, but I'm going to start back up in January again. And and it's a set of modules and phone conversations. Uh, With each module, there's two calls. And, of course, the first part of it is you have to learn where this work comes from. A lot of folks don't want to do that. They want to jump right into the work. That's not how I was taught, and that's not how I'm going to teach it. And then the, the last two modules is about works, how to work, how to make your products, how to uh, achieve the goals that you need to achieve in your life. So the website is oldstyleconjure.com. You can find all the information there. The book, which was just released very recently, is called Divination Conjure Style. Anything else you want to let folks know about, uh, Star, before we let you go? No, I just I just think that this, this work needs to live on. So if you're interested in it, then try to learn everything that you can learn about it. Find an elder. Hands-on is always best, if possible. Um. And I'm grateful that you had me on your show. Well, thank you very much for being here. It was a fascinating conversation. Uh, two years is too long to go without having you on, so hopefully we'll get you back on sooner this time. So no one helped me with this whole lady cat thing. You know what I'm talking about, Orion? There's a there's a meme, there's something. I don't even know if you call it a meme because right. it changes all the time. Uh, of a lady, blonde lady, like with this, with teared up but screaming, yeah, very emotional, and, the and cat's a cat sort of hissing at her, and the cat's I, got a scowl. Yeah, I, I looked it up. What is that? It's it's uh, it's from some TV show, I suppose. But you know, memes they they take on a life of their own. Yeah, but and I've seen bunches that you know have their own lives. But this one, for some reason, there's got to be more to it. There's there's something, whatever show it's from, or something must have. There's something there because I see it all the time. What is it? I don't know. Um, I, I, I you don't can't. have a, you, you just know it's from a TV show. I you know what I it did looks not like look it's from deep like enough. Real Housewives of right. I did not or, look deep enough. Yeah, I, actually, I, Scott Scott in our chat room said Real Housewives, but that's what it looks like. But <laughs> and it obviously was a moment that was either ridiculous in some fashion, yeah. that it became a national joke, which is why it's all over the place. But it's really boiling me up right now. <laughs> I want to know why. <laughs> you know it's what? I'll ask my, my I'll ask my fourteen year old son. He he'll he'll tell me, and then I'll roll his eyes that it's a dead meme already. Probably. And and did I did I really hear you correctly during that break? entertainment that you have you're not a friends fan the tv show i don't show think friends. anything's wrong with friends i just never it's uh, the only thing wrong with it is that it's brilliant <laughs> it is i mean it is an amazingly funny and uh timeless television show okay okay all right <laughs> you're looking at me okay well you're the boss i better agree um all right that's going to do it for tonight tomorrow night we're going to be talking with fred litwin about his book i was a teenage jfk conspiracy freak he now believes which is counter to what so many people think that uh, lee harvey oswald was in fact the lone gunman that assassinated jfk that's tomorrow night's program right here on beyond reality radio 
Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.